who it is. It's us again, your favorite Audible friends, the besties you never met yet. We have had some pretty fun and important conversations. If you're new here, welcome to the Limitless Conversations podcast, the podcast for woke girls that love dumb stuff. If you're a return listener, thank you for your support. You are an OG. And we are so glad to have you on this journey with us. Ladies, how are we all doing? Oh, so good. Hello, hello, hello. hello. Miss you, miss you just as much. I, I mean, guys. coming into the space, it's actually just so nice how they've tweaked it a bit. And mm. it's just like, yay, good to be back. We'll take some visuals so, for context. Yeah, absolutely. You know. some visuals. A lot of things have been happening. Mm-hmm. And I do need to note that we have a wedding this year. Yes, we do! <laughs> <laughs> Our amazing co-host, Dominique hey. Reeby, is getting married. Congratulations! Oh, thank you so much. We're thank you so, so much. thrilled for you. We cannot wait to pop that champompolo. I know, I'm so excited. I still need to get used to it because our guest uh, today as well... She's actually the first already getting into my new surname. And I giggle, I get all giddy. And she's like, hello, Mrs. Mutepe. I'm like, that's me. You know, so I'm so excited for this year. Um, yeah, the months are really going by so quickly. So that's No, there's something big, about big this thing. year. There's yeah. something, there's about, something this year. about Somebody it. press fast forward. <laughs> I feel like I'm on a Netflix. Pause. No, slow mo. Slow-mo. We're already on fast forward. Girl, it's April. Yeah. It was no, I'm saying yesterday. I feel like somebody pressed the fast forward oh, button. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. No, there's a lot to do. I don't even have a dress for you, D, so please. Take a chill no. pill. <laughs> okay, we'll get there. Cool. On today's episode, we are joined by a power lady, which we will introduce in a moment. Before that, I just wanted to first set the tone, which is what comes to mind for you when we celebrate Women's Month or Women's Day? For me personally, for example, in the past, I celebrated hashtag girl power. You know, just that part of it mainly. And I would potentially post a woman's appreciation post or a story on IG feel like that's where it would end, mainly. Mm. More recently, and maybe it's because I've become a mom, I don't know, I ponder a lot about where we are as women, right? Mm. How far we've come, how far we still need to go. And yes, much progress has been made. But in reality, some days, that progress is hard to see or feel. And I'm pretty sure the women in this room can attest to that. Mm. Amen. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, on that note, allow me to introduce to you our beautiful, smart, and intelligent guest, mm-hmm. Leslie Smith. Yay. Good morning. Thank you. Hi. Hey. Hey. Look at her voice. Ah, yeah, I get morning. so excited when people introduce me. So I... uh, look, I could go on, but I'd prefer it if um, you know the listeners part. heard it straight from you. I was you. hoping a song yeah. would play before. You <laughs> we can do that. We can yeah. do that. What's, what's tell us, request? tell us a bit, a little bit more about yourself. I was invited by Dominique to be here. Miss, um, miss, I'm getting married soon. So thank you. <laughs> Firstly, I would like to say thank you for having me. It's quite an honor and such a beautiful topic and such a beautiful day to share this day with you guys. Beautiful woman around me. Um, more about me. I'm from the south of Johannesburg. And I think most importantly, I am not a feminist. And I grew up in a very patriarchal family. I believe in equal roles. As a young child, I was always surrounded with calamities. There's always issues in the township. There's always issues that arise around you. So most of the time, it's living experiences, you know, that we can speak about. But I grew up in the south of Johannesburg with one sibling and both my folks. And my grandparents played a huge role in my life. 
there after school. And um, I actually told my mom this morning, you know, there's very few of us that really tries our best to step outside of this, you know, what is known as the generational curse. curse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I did step out and I went to tertiary, followed suit after my brother and I studied law. Um, I started off with a commercial degree first and thereafter I decided to specialize in mining and metals. Oh, wow. So I most of my experiences as a child, I would say, you know, made me want to study law so that I could bring awareness to other people that we have a beautiful constitution and yeah. we have access to so many rights and we actually have a beautiful structure of legislation and regulations in this country. The issue is that I think our people don't understand or they're not aware of the rights. And that's one of the things I wanted to create. I I never had a dream of running up and down with a cloak at court. (laughs) I I wanted to stand in every school and every civic theater or civic center Mm -hmm. and explain to people how amazing the law is in South Africa. We're very progressive. We are. And we we have some massive milestones in this country to celebrate from a legal and a legislation perspective. Agreed. But that's me. I now live in the east part of um, Johannesburg. I spent a bit of time in Central and West Africa because of mining. Yeah. So one thing that I can tell you guys is that generally when, you know, I have, am invited to podcasts or interviews, I always want to make people aware that we sit with the same issues, not only in South Africa, but in Africa and globally. Yeah. So working in Central Africa and West Africa, you you realize that we actually are quite progressive as yep. a country yep. and we should be cognizant of that because yeah. in order for us to move forward, we, we we need to understand that we have an amazing foundation that we can build of from, that we can build from. Agreed. But that's me. That's amazing. I actually didn't know about your, your background in um, Central Africa. Yeah. I kind of wish I could adopt you into my own <laughs> home country because <laughs> we're having so many problems. Where are you from? Mozambique. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. And I'm sure you know about all our amazing yeah, no, resources. We worked in Bemba. There was a power plant there. And for a year, um, I, I traveled up from Maputo to, to Bemba. To, to and oh. and there's, it's also amazing land, beautiful, but... A lot of awareness needs to be created. As and, you know, a lot I of think, more recent events. I think the responsibility lies with us. I agree with yeah. fully. I agree with you fully, 100%. Thank you for that, uh, Leslie. And we're so thrilled and privileged to have you in the studio with us. And um, we honestly cannot wait to unpack all the amazing content today. And um, I just want to get started. On the note of International Women's Month, this past International Women's Month, in fact, uh, March, uh, the UN geared the month towards the awareness of equality. And they dubbed the theme, Women in Leadership Achieving an Equal Future in a COVID-19 World. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, you know, just to pose my first question to you, it's that, you know, women and children tend to be the most vulnerable during any crisis, right? So how have women specifically been affected during this pandemic in general, based on like your opinion and your understanding? Definitely. I, I mean, the first things that we should highlight is that we've been leading these conversations for a while now. Mm-hmm. So the conversation that we really need to start having is what's next. Yeah. Because yeah. we know that 
equality, you know, we're speaking about equal pay, we're speaking about gender equality, we're speaking about racial equality and unbiasedness. But what is next? And just as um, in the UN conference, a very own Pumzile Mlambo Nguka said that, that these conversations are taking place. However, we need to take giant leaps and big steps to progression. So yeah. we really are there. You know, at work, when they escalate uh, an issue when you're in trouble, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. we are the generation escalating. Okay. Yeah, we really are. Yeah, we really are. Definitely. We're escalating in the, to right to the top. So the UN has given instructions. Your international criminal court has been given instructions. Your multiple NGOs, huge connections all over the world have been told if you don't fix things you know we 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 have to start passing regulations in this country and we already have and the rest of the world so that we can gain equality because the next we no longer fight we want equality we know have placards up that happened many years ago we're now speaking about how are we going to change it and and what's the narrative to sustain women making decisions that affect women Agreed. You know, you can no longer sit with a board and sit with a top tier that's making decisions on behalf of women, and women are are not sitting amongst those decision makers. Agreed. So, what's excellent is now we're sitting in situations where we are now forced to have integration. We are now forced by government and certain regulations in industries to integrate women and to integrate, for that matter racial transformation you have mm-hmm. to have programs otherwise you're going to be left behind and i know now organizations are being held accountable should they not take these big steps because they know that we have to take steps you know just like mm-hmm. our mom said in the un conference we know we have to take the steps but how fast are we taking it yeah agreed Agreed. Agreed. And I feel I completely and 100% understand your view on that. But we could also say that COVID threw a spanner in the works. Definitely. Right? Um, A lot of people lost jobs. Yes. Retrenched. A lot of people resigned. A lot of those people were women also. Because somebody needs to obviously take the load at home with the kids. And it just so happens that that role is normally given to the woman or yes. the woman would have to make that decision automatically yeah. automatically right so, so how does that now um, affect this agenda I think for me like I said we know that it's existing a pandemic yet and there were online schooling women automatically had to assume the position of two three jobs mm-hmm. and you know my thinking always goes back to you know right on top because when you're sitting around the boardroom table and you're making decisions on work from home and who's going to work from home and how are we going to do this? Are we still going to have board meetings or are we going to have meetings in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. you know, during online school? Decision making is still happening amongst those that is not affected. Agreed. So I'm speaking about a living experience where we're sitting around a board table and, you know, you have males that are speaking about you know the show has to go on our business continuity plan has to go on regardless of whether your kid is sick at work uh, at, at, home, at home or not. you know whether you have to take care your helpers you know not there your nanny is taking care of her children right so it's just a ripple effect exactly. you know and and the one thing that i do think is that it it comes from the top 
Mm-hmm. You know, it comes from the top with your unequal pay, you know, unequal roles. Um, women automatically would somehow in certain instances get retrenched because we are retrenching lower tier yeah. mm. and yeah. we're keeping the business continuity plan going with your ex-goes that's making decision. Correct. So I, I believe that, I mean, like I said in the beginning, I'm not a feminist. And one of the reasons why I'm not a feminist is because I do believe that we can no longer in this day and age start separating gender or gender specify. Mm. We can speak about women, but we need to start opening the conversation that we need to be unbiased around the table, That's whether true. you are male or whether you are female, because right. those two gender types no longer exist independently. Mm. Agreed. I, I love that insight. I think that's definitely perspective. Um, I guess where I came from when, because <laughs> I feel like I am a feminist, to be completely honest <laughs> with you, I guess it's the whole point about the fact that women are still playing catch up, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm also mindful of the fact that um, I'm privileged to be in South Africa, for example. But when I look at the situation where I come from, mm where women are completely disenfranchised, you know, they are still, if not unemployed, they only have access to low-income jobs. Exactly. You know, it's all of that that really makes me and drives me to look at things from a more feminist perspective because I feel like there's just so much catching up we still need to do before we even, you know, make yeah. room for that. But but I understand your perspective and I think that I do need to keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, when considering my views. No, definitely. We're escalating, right? Yes. I think our biggest, <laughs> our biggest issue would also be with the conversations that are being had and with the current issues that we have. And like you're saying, with the top tier people still making the crucial decisions, there's no inclusion. We'd like to think that there is. Mm. And everybody cries fair equality mm. and they throw all those words around and they throw all that jargon around. But the end of day, there is no inclusion. Yes. Whether be it racial, whether be it gender based, whether be it, it's it's, it's not a fair uh, scale. Fair, exactly. it's, it's none of it yeah. is fair. It doesn't. So from the top, it doesn't start right because it's not fair to begin with. None of it. Mm. So uh, how do we? Not how do we change it, but where do we start? Like, I think, um, I mean, just to, to add to that, like one thing that we need to see that it, it's everything is stacked and packed on top of one another. We, mm. we literally have to peel it away one at a time. Let because it go. Besides the fact that you're dealing with the fact that there's gender and you're dealing with racial issues, you're still dealing with organizations who understands that a woman that grows up in a developed country is superior to a woman that grew up in a developing country. country. Mm-hmm. So one thing that we need to understand is that our postgrad is global and we need to start creating separation within our gender. I think that's where it starts. We mm. need to start tackling these and leading the conversations around I'm black, but am I black from New York or am I black from the south of Ethiopia? Right. Mm. I love that. Mm. So I'm dealing already with my blackness in my country. Yes. But now I'm being seconded to a multinational in Europe and I'm the African girl who has meager education. Those are the issues we have to deal with as well. So once we start, I mean, besides creating awareness on the ground, as I said, we need to start implementing regulations and leaning on our legislations that's fixing this. 
you know, that's fixing the narrative of you female, if you're tall, you can only get certain jobs. If you're short, you can you, 100%. We need to start looking at one another to ha- allow equal opportunity. And not sort of women must be seen as equal. Women must be allowed equal opportunity. Yeah. Mm. And so, based on merit, not based on the fact that we're female. 100%. Because mm. then that will eradicate the issue of the woman in the south of exactly. Ethiopia and mm. the woman in exactly. New York. Agreed. Um, I just want to go back a little bit to something you said, um, you know, when it comes to companies and the people sitting at the top making those decisions. For example, you will find a lot of career women. What I'm trying to get to is the division amongst women themselves, yes. right? Yes. So you'll have a career woman uh, who doesn't have potentially children. Mm. So for her to, the, the inclusion is she's sitting at the table. Yes. Right? Yes, because she, she has no responsibility. Yeah. Oh. No, no, no. Let's, she, not merit. Say Let's not say that. Out of marriage, she's yeah. sitting there. But no kids. With no yeah. kids. Yeah. That's just a factor I want you to consider. Yeah. She has no kids, but she's at the table and she is able to provide context in that mm-hmm. space. Absolutely. To speak for the women that do have that kids do. that are affected by the situation right now. Mm. But let's say she doesn't. Mm. Right? Mm. Your caller actually. Just this morning, uh, on the radar, uh, I want to share with you guys, I just finished a book by Caroline Perez, mm-hmm. where she talks about invisible women. Mm-hmm. And she breaks it down. I mean, she's a researcher that breaks it down how, you know, we're living in a man's world. Mm-hmm. And right to the point where you said, I'm just going to take a, a, like a script out of where she shared, where, as you said, a woman at the top, you know, was in, in the boardroom making these decisions. And it got to a point where she fell pregnant. And where she was parked was so far from like reception and walking in. It got to that stage where she got to seven, eight months, and she, you know, you start waddling before <laughs> yeah. you're about to go to that month. You no, can't And then all of a sudden, but I mean, she's been at the company for years. Mm. Got to the point where it's like, okay, I need to actually have. And only recently, even when you go to malls, only recently you see parkings for prams and 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 and. and. Mm-hmm. But you guys, I mean, girls, ladies, you know, do yourself a favor and get hold of that book because it just it blew my mind like from bathrooms like everything mm. that we know it to mm. be mm. It, it she breaks down stats and and you know how we are just actually just getting by and it's it shouldn't be like that right so right. yeah and it, even with you um i actually saw you posting a story with mason and it's like you worked your full you know nine to five job and as you switched off you went into mommy mode because yep. you were in his playroom and mm. he was busy Mm. But you, you and I'm thinking no you're actually onto the next shift now, <laughs> so yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, and sorry, it, it's not even uh, into an, the next shift situation because Carla's currently working from home. Mm. So it's actually just so like it's a not like she can yeah. put Mason in a corner from nine a.m. to <laughs> five and be on top. You sit in that box and yes. don't say anything yeah. until five. So she's still a mom and juggling yep. all of this throughout the day, throughout work, throughout deadlines, throughout targets, throughout all of that. Yep. And do we complain? Listen, I could complain for days, but you'd be here <laughs> forever. But yeah. we no. don't. It's gone yeah. to a place where we've become so complacent with, yeah. I got to do what I got to do. And we just keep it moving. Yeah. yeah. And we, we, we sort of going on with the business. Give a guy two kids and give him a job <laughs> and see how that's going to work out. <laughs> see how that, and give time. him all the responsibility yeah, that we currently have to do yeah. and right. see how that's going to work out. <laughs> right. I, I, I promise you the laws will probably even change. <laughs> right. But you know what the thing is, um, as women, we're so resilient and we, we in terms of humans adapt, but if there's anyone that leads 
in that space it's women we Absolutely. adapt and although i've got a 9 to 5 and that time frame does not change mm-hmm. even given everything that's happening now i've just had to become a lot more efficient with my time so there are times where i have to step away from work to go and take care of something to do with mason but it's time management mm-hmm. but i do wish that there was someone that could speak for me in those situations where mm-hmm. we're like hey guys how about the fact that we need to rethink the whole thing mm-hmm. right we're working from home that's great mm-hmm. but can we really stick to this nine to five or should i say eight to five because i work eight to five i don't know about y'all so i work eight to five so is that still a construct that we need to continue for example those are the sort of conversations mm-hmm. we need to be yeah. having yeah. without that meaning that you're going to cut my salary you know, yeah. like, <laughs> like that's not what I'm trying to have. <laughs> that's yeah. not what I'm trying to do. Because yeah. my input is still going to be the same. Yeah. Uh, me know, sitting on my bum for a certain amount of hours, I'm sure the data can show that that is just not the case yeah. anymore. Yeah. You, you, you know why that issue exists, Carla? Because mm. you're still having a 4% female integration at the decision-making level. There we go. So you have decision makers that's making decisions on behalf of women who are not women. Yeah. So you cannot have someone understand the calamity or the difficulty of your eight to five, including masoning, you know, including the rest of your duties because you have someone making decision on your policies and procedures at work that is not having the living experience that you are. And, and, and this is exactly it. So, you know, beside us, creating insane awareness and in South America, in Mexico, Brazil, you saw, which is unheard of, you know, Mm -hmm. you saw women and in the Arab states, you see women that are speaking up, Mm -hmm. um, women that are marching, massive women marches, crazy women marches. Did you see that red woman march in in Brazil? And 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 they're marching up to parliament because one thing you need to understand, I mean, once we have full transformation all the way up in parliament passing bills that yeah. that's where it's at yeah. so i like the fact that women are marching all the way to the first step of parliament um it's worked before yeah. and it will definitely work again just give some context around the red march uh, what were they marching for so they were, were marching for basically awareness on gender-based violence it, it that mm-hmm. that's what was sparked it, it happened at the same time with i think all black march in cape town yes. south africa where the, all the women were it was in all cape right. town yes we all yes. of us wore black and you had multiple women that marched so it was really awareness during the time of the pandemic because you know the pandemic hit people were stuck you know in their house with the, your respective abuser with your children with your respective abuser in the house so COVID-19, I believe, came with a very feminine energy mm. because beside a, strong, a feminine strong feminine energy, because beside the fact that we can sit here and speak about the difficulties we have, the awareness that's been created in the past month has been out of this world. Yeah, You know, women are starting to stand up. Women are starting to make decisions and also allowing zero tolerance to the nonsense. Yeah. yeah. So besides the issues that, you know, gender-based violence, your percentage, your stats that went up, it happened in every single country, you know, that you can think about that's affected yeah. by gender-based violence. And women just had enough. Yeah. So, Liz, I mean, just in terms of like all these movements and stuff that are happening, you know, um, what would you say? Because, I mean, it can also get like the audience and people can you know, get fatigued to be like oh, another, you know, how do mm. we keep it relevant? You mentioned marching. Do you think that's enough where 
you know, we, we, we make our voices heard and to keep it consistent. Yeah. So it's not just a phase. It's not just one day we're wearing black and the next day we go back to normal. Yeah. What do you think we could do just to keep it? The momentum. The momentum. I think like um, with any strike, sort of have intentions and you have a manifesto. You have, you know, you always hear they're taking the agreement up to parliament. Besides the awareness, you're trying to create and seeing how far you can be with awareness, whether it's social media, you know, get on radio, get on TV. You must really have an intention of what the strike is about. So if you do remember the gender-based violence conversation that was led a couple of months ago when, you know, numbers just surged, um, what they really wanted was for police or your first level of law enforcement to step it up. You know, so you really have to go and deliver. Your strike shouldn't be futile. It should be protected and you should have intentions and really set the boundaries of why it is that you are striking. So you will have a representative. It's always nice to have NGOs, you know, or you have women that are promoting and, and, and protecting and speaking and leading these type of conversations, you need to have a nice huge conglomerate mm. of, of women coming together, standing together and absolutely and moving forward to change what is happening from the root, doing the root cause analysis. Mm. So before the strike happens, there's a root cause analysis that is happening and we are saying, what is it that we have to change? We're going to make noise around these five topics. Right. And once we heard... Mm. we can hand over our five topics and we can start deliberating on what okay. we're going to okay. pass as regulations. This is so. like our strike right here, right? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're escalating. We're escalating. We're escalating. We're escalating. We're making some noise. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's been 10 people CC'd in this email. <laughs> as per my last email. <laughs> you know, the truth so, is we can all make a difference, right? Yeah. And sometimes uh, it can come in form of a strike protest it can come i don't know you create an organization or you can start a podcast Mm -hmm. and you know for us this is this has been like our therapy Mm -hmm. you know but for 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 us to also become a little bit more aware and become educated um by having conversations with the likes of of yourself leslie so um that was that was super insightful um i just have a question on the gbv would you say uh, since you mentioned the other countries would you say that it was commendable of our president to have banned alcohol do you think that that curbed um some of the effects on uh, gbv slash domestic violence definitely the stats are there amazing yeah Um, staggering i always sort of you know shy away from that topic because i don't consume alcohol me too so um (laughs) i'm always just like you know but one thing i can say is that just you know i i always rely on facts and um the data the, the data is there so you know whether the the government and um our president made a decision to ban alcohol and it, it's caused a ripple effect on the economy. It's, it, it's, it's caused a lot of job losses, but there are certain decisions, you know, he had to weigh up. Yeah. So when he made that decision, you know, just from a gathering data perspective, it worked. Yeah. I know this is, like I said, it's a quite a sensitive uh, point because there are people who disagree. And mm. um, I think everybody needs to be equal really when, when, if you're banning one thing, you should, you know, you should ban the other thing. But I mean, when you're just relying on facts, the facts was there. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm with you on that one. 
I, I thought it was quite bold and brave of him to take on definitely. that decision and to take on the corporate world that De- way. Definitely. Um, but yeah, Cause it's you, definitely you, not the most um, favorable topic to it, it cases, <laughs> you know, fights. You, 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 like you said, you have a situation where you're working from home. Kids are at home. People are frustrated. Tensions are high. Tensions yeah. are high. Everyone's, I mean, there's human error. I'm human. You, you are human. And now we I'm add saying, a substance to that. how escalated that would have become. With, with substance absolutely involved. so yeah. and and one thing i can say is this topic we we, we could actually sideline gender because i do believe you know alcohol is consumed you know across yep. um so i i wouldn't say that you know it it, it was the men drinking you know i'm no. just saying that that was the issue that was picked up and because people were so in such close you know we're social beings but yeah. we were in such close proximity of one another during the lockdown that of course, that you you would be immediately affected by, yeah. you know, someone who is drunk in the household or battling with mental health and yeah. then consuming alcohol. Yeah. Or in worst cases, they've lost their jobs and now, you know, I don't know, drown your sorrows Absolutely. and make everybody around you, immediately around you, the enemy. It's, I, I can only yeah. imagine yeah. what a horrible space that must have been. I think what he did was um, really brave. I... Um, I feel quite biased when you ask me about the president's uh, decisions because I love him. I, you know, <laughs> I don't know how else to explain. You know, my you friend like, me and listen, and he really is cupcake. Uh, no, he is. And, but and I'm sorry. Can we just touch on the fact that Leslie's entire face just <laughs> lit, lit up talking yeah, about like, Mr. President? I just want to tell you. I, I, I love it. I, I become offended when people address our president on his first name. Because it's he's not our friend; he's our president. He's president Cyril Ramaphosa. You tell him, sis. And, uh, tell him, girl. He's very impressive. <laughs> you know what? From where we come from, yes. I, I, you know, I, I think that is something worth celebrating. And when somebody does a good job, give credit where credit is due. That's how I feel about him. And I think what, again, what he did, and which is why I wanted to bring it up, and I think it is impressive. Something that a lot of world leaders were not able to do. So that that's saying something all on its own. Mm. Mm. So yeah, I I'm with you there. <laughs> I, I definitely I wanted to I'm sorry I wanted to share um, something. I I I heard an interview or podcast I was I was watching um, in the week or listening to, and um, you know when they were sort of speaking about um, gender based violence and pushing the narrative of equality, um, they were really speaking about you know heads of state lamenting mm. you know women's mm. pain. You have heads of state, you know, when you're sitting in conferences, men who are pushing feminism, equality, men who are lamenting the pain of children and women suffering. So one thing that I do also, you know, want to touch on or create awareness that you have right on the top as well. You have heads of state, you have people who are in decision making roles that are lamenting the pain that is happening in the world mm-hmm. and that's created with violence against women and children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So once those heads of state start finding the rest of their friends and they can lament together, we can start making decisions on what affects women. I agree. I, yeah. I agree. It's um, going to take time. It is. It is a process. <laughs> we have to be patient. It's a process. Um, I think we get frustrated at a point. 
yeah. but we various need points. to yeah <laughs> but we need to remember to just follow through and keep going i don't We're think it's something that's going right? to yeah <laughs> when did a woman ever become because tired? the possibilities are when? limitless <laughs> please tell me oh like when do we get to throw the towel in like exactly. never women don't we keep it tired. moving guys again we adapt we, we are adapt. resilient yeah we just let me <laughs> ask you something so un- unconscious bias has to be one of the greatest challenges that any type of equality faces in your experience what is the way forward how do we change this narrative so um i think that's such an interesting question because like i said i'll I'll speak about living experience and i'm in the metals industry Mm -hmm. and one thing that i can tell you is that you have you know huge projects working towards creating awareness of these biases whether it's ageism you know or whether it's hiring somebody at my age something i learned very recently is that i always thought you know being in your mid 30s and having a child is really the devil's work in the corporate <laughs> world but uh, one thing that i have learned is that no children's a devil's work as well because they have to budget they believe and and this is where your your biasness comes in that a woman my age coming into an executive role the company is budgeting for my maternity leave yes and that's why it's so difficult you know to start penetrating your decision making roles because they're afraid you're going to be gone for a year two years and then have another baby and then have another baby like seven mm-hmm. babies and then you don't work and you no, don't do anything because that's all we do because exactly. that's all we do so what is happening is programs are being put in place in certain industries as well as regulations for you know specialized industries whereby you kind of need, you need to report to your board and you need to report to government and departments on what you are doing with the culture and with hiring and sort of bypassing biasness so mm. you have to report on what you have done you know in your vacancy or your recruitment to bypass this imagine having to explain procreation exactly. and planet mm. and put a law <laughs> behind procreation oh, for me it doesn't exactly. it, it, it did like it doesn't make sense for me yeah. imagine having to explain oh i'm sorry i'm very competent and i'm very good at what i do but i need to take i need to take a year three months in five, no so only <laughs> in five years i have my eggs frozen and i've decided that in five years i'm gonna have kids yeah. so in five years i'm gonna need maternity leave for about eight months or so do you guys think you can fit me in yeah definitely yeah. That, really, that, how do we but what, what Work yourself to the bone in the interim. Yes. Yeah, that's... So yeah, just make it make it worth it for us it worth it to too. invest in you. I was definitely affected by that. And it was something that I remember speaking to my girlfriends about. Like, I was so frustrated and angry. And if there's anything from a legislation that needs to change, I feel, is that we do need to get private companies to pay women their full salary. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. When they are on maternity mm. leave, what do you mean I'm going to receive a percentage? And you're actually doing me a favor because the government says that private uh, institutions do not have to pay you. Mm. Yeah, mm. the 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 narrative already. I think, like I said, we're changing slowly. 
because men are allowed paternity leave now. Yeah. So so now the conversation changes, right? It's no longer fun, you know, because mm-hmm. with your rights comes responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So you you have paternity leave, but um, you know, then you will see it will it all goes back to, you know, being inclusive, ensuring that our next generation of kids are good. Because for the first thousand days, the f- the father is present, the mother's present. We're trying to change a social psychology that we've been struggling with for many years. Yep. So if we're going to be inclusive about um, paternity leave, we have to be inclusive about many other things. Mm. And just, sorry, Lebo, the point that I wanted to make was companies or private sector as well as government are forced to do a dipstick culture test. Now, you, you like I said, you have to report to the board. Mm. So you no longer report to the board on how much money you're making. They want to know who's making the money and who's making the decisions. So you do a culture dipstick and we need to see, you know, where are these, where is this transformation and integration that you're speaking about? Women, race, gender, tall people, short people, young people, old people. Mm-hmm. You have to provide a report. You have to start taking accountability for integration, for development, for training. And this is really where your culture, um, you know, how you structure your culture. So private sectors and organizations have to now take accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, they And you have your BEE flow through. So that's legislation, regulations. You now have to account. Mm. You have yeah. to account to your sector. You have account to your regulator. Mm. Despite the fact that we're continuing business, we now have so many women in uh, management positions and mm. we have a transformed um, board so you now have to account to the regulator and this affects your investment. This yeah. affects your reputation. And your B um, score. And, and this affects your B score. So just on the <laughs> just to get a little bit controversial. Well, I really hope not, but it's something that I'm curious about. I don't know if any of you watch um Legacy. No. No. Yes. no. Yeah. yeah. But uh in the more recent storyline, um we have this white girl who uh, gets fired from you know the big legacy corporate, mm. and now uh, she's trying to look for a job, and she gets uh, so many rejections because at the end of the day, hiring her means bringing down that BE score. Mm-hmm. Yet she is qualified. Yeah. How does that now play into that unconscious biasness? Because I feel like now that to say unconscious biasness and to also say BE could be mm. a little complicated. Just say <laughs> so i can answer that yeah um just to go back affirmative action is inclusive of women regardless mm-hmm. of the color of your skin mm-hmm. so that really can be questionable you know that woman that is not getting a job can start questioning and requesting reasoning because affirmative action or triple b is not only black empowerment it's female disability um, as well as previously disadvantaged. So, like I said, it's an understanding of your new regulation mm. as well as legislation that now has transformed or mutated mm. to become better because despite the fact that we are sourcing or we start we finding alignment racially in our corporate world, women are included as well as disabled people. Yeah. So, you know, to work around that, you need to start asking questions because you have the right to back it up. You know, right. I'm not just asking the question, look, I have a postgrad degree and I, I, I have the merit to get this job. 
women need to understand that they fall within the ambit of affirmative action. Mm. Escalated. <laughs> well, they don't make that very clear in the storyline, which yeah. actually yeah. sells it sells a very bad picture, yeah. to be honest well, with you. Yeah. Because they, they actually make it very clear that they're they're selling a South African narrative for a white white female. Absolutely, you actually watch it. You've got some catching up to do, friend. Oh, and, the and plot thickens. The, the plot, plot. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, no legacy is lit. Please watch yeah. it. Oh, I've <laughs> never heard of it. No. What? Uh, uh, no, Sorry, last point, and this might be a bit insensitive. Correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong. I want to touch back onto your social psychology aspect yeah. of everything. I know we're meant to be resilient and we are resilient, but is a part of our resilience harmful to some aspect to ourselves? Well, I th- well, at least for me, right? I want to say like to sound I'm strong, but I don't want to be tested <laughs> in every corner. But we get tested at every corner. Do you know what I mean? And and we still we we push through, and that's mm. what we're. Also, again, we do this. That's what we're meant to do. Thing, are we? Yeah, no, no. Are we? Is our resili- <laughs> to some extent is our resilience a bit harmful to ourselves? I think about mm. it at times, and I think maybe sometimes a, a little, it, it, a little bit, it is because you push yourself so far to the point where when you've far reached, far reached the cliff, you don't even realize it yeah. because you're resilient, because you're strong, and because you are used to the norm of carrying on and staying strong and mm. carrying just the load going with it. Yeah. What happens when you implode? explode normalizing you know crazy behavior normalizing yeah i, th- yeah. I think the, that I doesn't mean, sit right with me um it's not an insensitive question okay and no. i definitely <laughs> think that i wouldn't I, I, I wouldn't you know say it's a legal question as well because i'll tell you like i said again from my living experience is that when you become fatigued this is what i do i think about all the other women in history that have fought for us and i do believe our fight is different, but our fight continues. And when you do feel like you're getting off the cliff or getting pushed to the cliff, you think about, as I said, in my study, you know, you can ask Dominique, I have, you know, pictures up of the greats, many women that fought for us in South Africa and in Africa at large. And we need to be reminded that toilets were built in certain organization only 10 years ago for females. Our fight is different, but our fight continues. Mm. Well, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> Thanks, Lizzie Ann. I mean, again, I just for so being woke today, right? <laughs> Dumb girls you, you love. love. Dumb you know, stuff. in the UN, um, in in the UN, the, oh, most of the conversations is that they were saying you is need it? to remain woke. And yeah. It was like, I mean, at that level, you have heads of state saying, saying how woke. women need to be woke. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's also part of us um, not accepting, like I said, any nonsense. You should Mm. have zero tolerance. Mm. Knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. Understand the law. Understand um, how you can equip yourself to use the law and regulations as your weapon. So, you know, before you get to the edge and feel like you're being pushed too far, Mm. understand what's your rights and how you can find recourse. Thank you. I think just from my side to wrap up, um, I in this week... I was watching Tiffany Haddish's show called She Ready. She Ready. And I loved the last black unicorn. And I mean, mine was just blown when she makes reference to how we were actually all born as women. 
And only as soon as that Y chromosome kicks in, exactly. then men actually just <laughs> drop. And she's like, you know, that's why that's why God gave men strong arms and legs because they couldn't hold on to their <laughs> vagina. <laughs> you know? So, that's hilarious. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> I love <laughs> <laughs> Much love for you. Same. <laughs> no, she's a breath yeah. of fresh air. And honestly, we need that sort of, um, we need that sort of, how do I put it, free expression of femininity but also Absolutely. like at every level of madness craziness in all her beauty in all her fullness um normalize the vagina normalize, normalize the vagina just call it that it's a vagina it's just any guy no it's a vagina normalize vagina power to the vagina all right um, <laughs> This was so much fun And thank you Leslie For being here with thank us you. We look forward to having you Here with us um, okay. For further conversations yes. Because this is just the beginning This is literally We just scratched the surface Of everything that There really is to discuss And you know what it is You can find us on Instagram At Dominic. Limitless Podcast Conversations Okay let me say that again On Instagram At Limitless Conversations Podcast Okay You find us there Interact with us Let us know what it is That you loved about this episode Or what you guys Want to hear more about um, Let us connect Let us create a community And just build more Out of Strong women Strong independent Thought leaders Amazing women that's it for now. See you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs>